0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mark, Mark. and Sarah, Mark. And Sarah. And Sarah. And Sarah. About. Talk.
1: talk about songs.
0: Sick burn. Andrew Byrne, that is. That's who's singing our theme song. I'm Sarah D. Bunting. I'm a co-host of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, and I am here entering Turner Dome. With my co-host Mark
1: Blankenship. Hi, Mark. We don't need another co-host, except we do. We need yeah. to. You can't. I have, mean, sometimes you we have need at least a guest. One other co. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Point is, hello, Sarah. Hello. Um,
0: know. as you may have uh, gathered, uh, we are talking about some works of Tina Turner today. Mark, can you explain to the listeners a little bit about how we reached this standoff?
1: Oh my God! Yes, I'm so excited. Okay, so. Um, it was my turn to choose a song and I decided I wanted to talk about Tina Turner. And at first I thought about what's love got to do with it, because I think, Sarah, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say that we can agree that what's love got to do with it is a fucking great all time classic, wonderful pop yes. song
0: and a classic. It's like a template for the 60s artist reemerging in the 80s. Yes. Yes.
1: And it's a song that is as fun to listen to today as it was 35 years ago. Here's the thing that is pretty much what I have to say about it, because who hasn't at this point deeply internalized what's love got to do with it? What I think is more interesting is that if you look anywhere else in the discography of Tina Turner's hits, you realize that she recorded some of the strangest (laughs) songs of the 80s. I mean, really (laughs) weird songs like even the song like better be good to me, which I quite like. It's a weird song. It's like five and a half minutes long. It doesn't really have a structure. There's kind of a chorus. And then she at the by the end, she's just going, yeah, good, good to me. She's just screaming for a minute and a half. Great. Fine. I'm into it. Thank you. And then I realized that Tina Turner has two songs that reached number two. And you, Sarah, mentioned that, of course, we should do some sort of Thunderdome. Because if you remember listeners going way back to like episode eight or something, we did an episode called Jeweler <laughs> Dome, where two jewel songs were pitted against one another. And we had to decide which was the worst, which was the worst crime against humanity. <laughs> we, and it we'll turns out link.
0: this podcast
1: was for doing that. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll link that episode for those of you who haven't heard it because it was really quite enjoyable. So this is now our second episode. Dome episode, and obviously we had to do one about Tina Turner. And so Tina Turner's two number two hits are "We Don't Need Another Hero" (parentheses Thunderdome) from the film Mad Max Beyond Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, in which Tina Turner herself appears. And then her other number two single is called "Typical Male," and it is from the album that she released immediately after Private Dancer, which was her big comeback album. Now, We Don't Need Another Hero, Typical Male, and What's Love Got To Do With It, all written by the same two guys. So, there's that. Mm -hmm. But really, these two songs are very strange. And so I feel like, uh, Sarah, what I would like us to decide today is, which one of them is the winner in the sense that is the most deliciously bizarre? Okay. And uh, I would say that, to start, why don't we take a listen to and discuss the many nooks and crannies of we don't need we don't need another hero parentheses thunderdome here's a clip I included that little sax riff there just to remind everyone that the 80s were the most sax-tastic decade.
0: <laughs> they absolutely were.
1: Well, Sarah, I've said a lot already. So why don't we start with you? What are your initial thoughts about Thunderdome?
0: <laughs> um, I adored this song as a kid and would wait for it to come on the radio. And I just like needed... Like total silence in Carpool to enjoy the entrance of the children's choir. Yes. Um, I my feelings about the song have not changed. I still love it, but it's not good. Um, it's not that weird though. Um, it's it, you know, it's actually pretty similar to uh typical male in that the Casio is set to that like weird pan flute organ setting uh the earnest orama saxophone bridge with the equally earnest guitar noodling that is assisting it um (laughs) into heaven um but it's also kind of the worst tendencies of 80s tina that some of those verbal tics and like um Etta Jamesian flourishes that she does that just didn't quite translate from the 60s, in my opinion. Uh, like, that, there are 88 vowels, um, four of which are not even in, like, present in English. There's, like, Cyrillic things happening. <laughs> on the word change. China. Like, uh, okay, J- just say change. Just sing it, and then stop singing it. She can't. She cannot do that. She cannot <laughs> There's just more be to like, sing. Pain. I must keep going. Um, it's like uh, the unfortunate thing too is that I think she's perfectly capable vocally. <laughs> like people lose some elasticity as they get older and I have been at a police farewell concert in which Sting was like, we keep this down because I can't hit these notes anymore. Like, fair enough. Um, but it sounds like an effort to sex up a vocal that she can't Uh, bring it on in terms of her range, which she totally could have. Um, There's also the fact that she's in her like Mad Max drag in this video and looks, she's like the most beautiful creature. You couldn't envision a creature like in your mind and make it that amazing and powerful and gorgeous. I think that movie might've been terrible. I've never even seen it.
1: Oh no. The only thing I know of the movie is this music video.
0: Uh, Yeah. Same. But it's, it's like, it's weird because this song almost like works against her somehow. Mm. Um, It just has not aged well. I don't, I don't think the, um, I don't think typical male has aged well at all either. Uh, There are certain things about eighties Tina that are uh, like, if you're feeling nostalgic for them, they hit the spot and they're not like objectively bad. They just haven't, they just haven't traveled well. And I wonder if like younger listeners hear this and are like, why was this a thing? So yeah, it's
1: hard for me to divorce my emotional memory of the yes, bombast exactly. of this song. That is another reason why I think that What's Love Got To Do With It stands alone in her canon because it is such a smooth song comparatively. And I it, think that it, it
0: works with her. It works with her much better instead of sort of like trying to fucking test her, which is like she's she's had enough tests.
1: Yeah, that's right. There's an ease to that song. That'll do,
0: universe. Like, help her out.
1: But one thing that I really like about this song that I hadn't really stopped to think about until we were preparing for this episode is the inherent irony of a song that is this bombastic and this heroic in its sound being about people who have been oppressed for so long that they have become exhausted And they actually don't want to be saved. They just want to get away. And I just think that I I love the bridge of what do we do with our lives? We leave only a mark. Will our story shine like a light or end in the dark? Is it all or nothing? Like, why does everything have to be so fucking heroes and villains, y'all? We just want to get out of this thunderdome of our crazy existence. And we just want to, like live quietly. And I just think it's really interesting that there's, this song is so not the soundtrack for resigned exhaustion.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's also not really in the eighties much room for that kind of nuance or ambiguity. Unless you're
1: Suzanne Vega, we don't have time for it.
0: Uh, Well, yeah. And speaking of sting that, you know, there was definitely that in the lyrics, you think you're getting that same brand of cheap cold war you know we're all just people no matter what sentiment but it's actually quite a bit grayer than that which is interesting
1: yeah and so it's it's like this song is really intellectually very compelling but like you said the sound of it is so dated in a way that i quite like but like you also said i don't know if i were born in another time if i would like it but for me This song is the jam, and I also do love, as Andrew was saying earlier today, this is a song whose lyrics are normal, 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 and then really weird for a second, because (laughs) all we want is life beyond the Thunderdome makes sense only in the context of this sci-fi movie, but let's be real, most people don't remember that it's connected to that movie Like when you hear it, and so it sort of asks us to just go with the concept of Thunderdome, but the ongoing irony is i do feel like now as a culture we all know what that means
0: yeah it's true
1: like we had a jeweler dome for god's sake we knew what it meant
0: um and it did not involve guys on 47th street having a rumble over no. pre-cut diamonds um here's here's an interesting thing though uh, that i discovered this morning and shared with mark who insisted that we share a clip with you oh yes that's and that's
1: how up to the minute we are in bringing you the hottest takes everyone like um, mere hours ago this was decided
0: 22 years ago uh, or 22 years after the song came out a finnish metal supergroup named northern kings covered we don't need another hero and it makes every bit of sense here is a clip I mean, same bombast, same... Like, they're in a theater. They have these, like, ZZ Top beards with dreads in them, and they're wearing top hats and nodding very solemnly at each other. And then there's, like, a helicopter shot of an alp. And, like, there they are in reindeer land wearing leather pants, which I guess they do have in common with Tina Turner, actually. But other than that, like, very different directions, but arriving at the same place... And I feel like she and the songwriters would both totally approve of this, this take on it, which is like, you're like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And then it is like, it does not disappoint. We will link to it or go to our Facebook page. That's Podcast on Facebook. And we will definitely have a link to the video, which um, was my favorite thing of the day. And it's still not even noon as we're recording this.
1: And... I also feel like this is making me think about our meatloaf episode where we were talking about bombast and theatricality in music. And the what I think we get here that we don't get in meatloaf, either from the in both we get it in both the original and the glorious finish cover is it's like crazy bombastic, but it's also much more controlled. There's like four minutes. It's just it's bombast yeah. light. It's it's like it's, it's like a bombast mini and then that's, yes. that's that's right to me. I also need to read to you something that you may have also seen on the show's Wikipedia page. But in March 2016, a cover of this song was performed during the Fox television special The Passion, which you might recall was a live Tyler Perry produced special about the passion of the Christ. It was sung in the story where Pontius Pilate, played by Seal. Yeah is torn about sentencing Jesus to death. And so Seal is singing, we don't need another hero about Jesus. About murdering Jesus. Like that makes my, I actually grow ovaries and then the ovaries explode. When I think about that <laughs> as a concept, it is so incredible It's Been me. there.
0: Yeah. If, like, and I listened to a little clip of it. um, And, I mean, he's got like his headset on and it's just, I mean, it's very weird. And like, it's misguided in this Branson, Missouri way. That's almost beautiful. Like it's such a misshapen idea that, but it's so deeply felt. It's really kind of, it's really kind of wonderful. I'm never listening to it again, though. It's not good.
1: You just described in a way, what is so perfect about this whole enterprise of this song. It is a misshapen idea that is deeply felt. This song... It's at war with itself on so many different levels, textually, vocally, production-wise. But that war is so intensely sincere that it becomes attractive in its grotesquerie.
0: Yeah. And she's also wearing a wig that makes her, I'm going to say, six
1: foot four inches tall. Yeah, because again, because it's like, but it's like a, you have to just... The, the emotion is so sincere that the hair must be huge. Now all I want is to see a Drag Race lip sync to this song.
0: Oh my god. Has that really never happened?
1: I don't remember if it They're has. They're like
0: and- season 10.
1: I know. Well, at this point, they're doing like B sides from Marie Osmond records, so they should right. absolutely. Y'all, if you're not
0: too busy with the with the task that we gave you in the last episode, which was to uh, render Team Miley's butt cheeks um, in, in actual in actual art, remember it's a of curvy you can w. put down your pens and pencils. <laughs> if you have a line to RuPaul's Drag Race, just like make that happen. There's yeah. so much Tina that they could be using that they don't have. They ever used typical male?
1: No, well, I don't think they have, and that's such a great segue. You guys, We Don't Need Another Hero, I feel like is the, hands down, most remembered of the two number two hits of Tina Turner. Typical male, before we hear the clip, I just need to say, it is, as far as I can tell, quite literally, a song about Tina Turner trying to seduce a lawyer. I think that's actually what it's about. Who
0: is like... Not just a lawyer, but one of those lawyers like from 1905 who went to college when he was 14 and passed the bar at 19. Yeah. This dude is young and And, boring looking. Like, really?
1: and, and And she even references the word. She calls him a lawyer in the lyric like seven times. So clearly it's not just the video in which he's a lawyer. It's the whole enterprise. So with that, you may not remember this song. It really hasn't hung on. But in its day, it was a huge hit. Here is a snippet of typical mail. And yes that was another sax break. <laughs> just God,
0: This song is fucking terrible and I really like it. Yeah, Sarah. It really like, same. It just grew on me like a fungus, but that still counts. I let me just say there is there is a lot to hate about this song and I <laughs> I do hate those things. Um once again the like w- weird uh, um Uh, bobby blue bland vocalizations that do not work in context in my opinion uh i do not like that typical of its age the story if whatever (laughs) if you can call it a coherent story spoiler you can't of this song trivializes um like tina's the tina character and makes it her a uh, like hilarious quote-unquote nympho man-eater sexual harasser slash harassy the 1980s business metaphors again if you can call them that you can't and this video don't don't watch the video is is my advice like go listen, do go Except listen like- to the song but first, like, listen to the song first yes. without watching the video because it's Correct. extremely distracting that she's, like, being... It's, like, all these things that you would find on an 80s desk, like the little executive toy with the balls and, like, a phone, and adding machine, whatever. There's also a huge shoe with a spat on it, which, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird. But Who she answers fuck the phone is at one a point. Spat? And then instead of, like, it being sound, I think they were trying to... Make visual her being like Blasted away by the sound But first of all it was coming out Of the wrong end and second of all it was like white Smoke that hit her in the face like Y'all Get control Of your fucking Coming on Tina's
1: face Visual imagery please But then also later she Then the phone changes and becomes A weird seesaw and she jumps On one side of the phone and knocks his ass Off of the desk and it's like Also, who who is this
0: fucking playgirl model teen that they got to play the, quote, object of her affection? Like, get an adult. And also, let me
1: add this. Who is cute. Thank you. Can we also have some sort of internal agreement with the creative team about the proportions in which we're operating? Because sometimes (laughs) she's sometimes... She and the lawyer are both like playing around with tiny. They're so tiny that they can play with that uh, executive toy. Sometimes the lawyer is so large that Tina can wrap herself around his spat. So what is it? Alice in Wonderland? Eat me, drink me. What the fuck is going on? It is this video. I it you actually need a seatbelt. I feel like if you're going to watch it, it it makes no it's it's insane. It's take a
0: break in the middle and have some protein. It is crazy and like she looks great and she is like not grimly committed even she's just like no this is perfect you know this is what the kids like is a lot of grid patterning and neon brights it's modern like yeah and then remember that there's
1: like random crossword puzzles that show up on the screen for no reason that have like words like male and typical in the crossword grid
0: yeah and written in this like girly script that it's like like it's, it, it's problematic. Uh it's problematic. Like physically, by which I mean, like the physics, uh, geometrically, um, politically, gender, politically, it's it's a lot. And then the song itself is, it sounds, especially in the verses, it sounds very, um, mad libsy and a little bit cheap. But then. What was- Yeah, For whatever reason, it's like one of those things that like you make fun of it and then you're just doing it after a while. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like the electric slide. Yeah. Or like corporate speak that it's like, let's put a pin in that. And then like you're still being ironic about it, but you're still saying it. Yes. It's like that in a video from the 80s where everybody had been immersed in liquid cocaine, apparently, including her wig, which is just as glorious as it is in uh, Thunderdome. So, yeah this shit is nuts it's nuts it's nut bush nuts is what it is
1: it is also the perfect example of it does not matter what your song is about or how shitty the verses are if that chorus is catchy enough because by the time she gets to all I want is a little react, I'm like, okay, yeah, girl, give it to me. Give yeah, it to me because like, that chorus calms is hot. Down
0: with the weird pronunciations where she's like, wow. And you're like, <laughs> why? What? Now there's a lion. Why is this happening to us?
1: But the, like, the chorus is so catchy, it doesn't even matter. And that actually leads me, Sarah, to my, if you will, grand unifying theory of typical male.
0: I always will with the G U T. You know that.
1: I feel that even though all of the people who wrote this song are native English speakers, this was their this was their private experiment to see if they could create one of those weird ESL European pop songs where all of the idioms are wrong. I think that they challenged themselves privately to make a Swedish pop song by people who don't actually speak English. Because everything, like all of the visuals in the video... Are, are like what people who aren't from America think American office culture is all of the lyrics are like fill Forget in the not blank from America, not from earth <laughs>
0: but it's like but you like know who it... sings a song to a lawyer that's so <laughs> but
1: that's but that's the point it's like it's like those weird t-shirts that you see where like they're they're the the Chinese bootleg t-shirts that just have things like you're cool to me is or <laughs> or, or the first lady being like be best you know it's just <sighs> And then even because <laughs> even even the phrase typical male is not a thing that you would say it's no. idiomatically wrong.
0: No, this is a This is a, like Starman Productions.
1: i just being a typical male. OK, really, honey. And also, yes, who sings her song to a lawyer? And it's like these half ass lyrics of your sense of justice. I'll embrace. But your defense don't help my case. I'm deep in trouble with the law what law the literal law is boss hog coming to arrest the you? law of what attraction the fuck you, what the fuck are you talking about but you which how, but that law doesn't actually can't get you in trouble what and then uh, ugh. And so they clearly
0: thought uh, this is why i think cocaine was involved they clearly were like but you know courting court attraction the law clearly. of attraction and then this stillbirth happened and then they're like this needs more casio well yeah
1: apparently it does and, and also, let's just, so... just make, let's make two more lawyer jokes. Let's just throw them in. Any more? Any more? Great.
0: Yeah. And then maybe at the end of the track, you just can't hear it. But she's like, what do you call a thousand lawyers in a boat at the bottom of the ocean?
1: <laughs> a, a good, good start. Star. <laughs> also, now that we look at it, I'm actually shocked that the word object does not appear in this <laughs> song.
0: Object, object, uh-huh. Oh, my God.
1: So, okay, Sarah, I've, I feel like we've had... So
0: now we need to rewrite
1: this, too. Culture, yes.
0: do we have to do everything?
1: Everything, I know. Okay, we've had a brilliant journey through these songs, and whatever, fuck it, I'm changing the rules, because I have to vote for We Don't Need Another Hero, even though I do love the insanity of Typical male, and I do love that hot chorus, I will probably be singing it tonight as I am making dinner. We Don't Need Another Hero is just so deliciously terrible and wonderful at the same time that I, I choose it to exit the Thunderdome blood spattered, but still breathing.
0: Um, That's what she said. <laughs> had had to do that. As you know, um, yes, I object. I, I have to, I have to vote for typical male. Like if yes. I can only have one on my, uh, not that we have iPods anymore. Well, I think you do.
1: No, I don't. Now I nope. just listen to everything on my phone. Even, even Mark Mark has I has given up the iPod. Even I.
0: If I if I can only have one in iTunes, I would pick "We Don't Need Another Hero" because you don't step to a boys' choir, and that's just that's just science. <laughs> but in terms of like impressive '80s weirdness, typical male, even without the video. Uh, although with the videos help, with that giant. Fucking paper mache, bespatted foot. Can <laughs> Again, shit 1980s. Stomp. I
1: don't remember a lot of spats. I will just say, no, like that handlebar really mustaches not, with the mustache wax on them.
0: Not really a thing. Well, I bet Prince actually wore had a pair of <laughs> violet spats. May he rest. And if he didn't, he should have. Um, Maybe with a
1: top hat to match.
0: Yes, worn at a rakish angle because that's how he did. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go. Typical male um my uh <laughs> I sentence it to win two, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> this but oh my god it's it's a very weird song it also has not aged well and yet in terms of that particularly 80s misguidedness it's like absolutely like they should have put it on the gold record and sent it out with Voyager 2 except it didn't exist yet so Next time.
1: But you know, it's really true. There is something to be said for songs that are so contained to their era that you can only hear them as testaments to that time. A song like what's Love got to do with it or whatever. Tons of songs that were recorded in the eighties still sound good today. And they don't make you necessarily think of the eighties, but this song only works as an artifact of yeah. its time. And they won't play
0: it on the oldie station because they're like, Hmm. Yeah, it's not good.
1: Right. And yet, Oh my God. I don't ever feel regret having listened to either of these batshit insane Tina Turner songs.
0: Uh, Folks, Mark sent me the video and was like, is this the craziest video of all time? And I was like, (laughs) this is bound much like the Northern Kings. I was like, this has got to be disappointing. And that wasn't. And neither was this video that like literally the first note I made for this episode is what's with the fucking giant foot?
1: (laughs) And I have this... Yeah, I actually do have on my notebook. These
0: are the things we go through for you. Listeners. I actually
1: have the put, I have I have the phrase unifying theory line under it, and then I have it just in big letters ESL. That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I have in my notebook. <laughs> All right, well, listeners, I think that about wraps it up for us under the Turner Dome. But we definitely want to hear from you what you think the craziest uh, of those two songs. Of those two number two songs is so definitely uh, hit us back and the ways that you can reach us are coming up in the bumper which you will hear in just a moment and Thank I will just for listening,
1: I will add one thing. If you are a lawyer, tell us if you think this song is sexy. Okay, that's it.
0: <laughs> if you're the guy who played the lawyer in that video, <laughs> I'm, I'm super sorry for insulting you. It was just really a weird choice and those glasses are not your look boo.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. Y'all, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting, and it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast to become a supporter and producer of this podcast visit our patreon page at patreon.com/mastus where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes thanks for listening